Everybody remembers our first celebrity crush. For most 90s babies like ourselves, it was Britney Spears. Others may have preferred Mariah Carey, Tyra Banks, or Rachel from Friends, but we all had that special someone. At Run Up the Score, we just had a great new league draft, and it's going to give you a new meaning to the phrase celebrity crush. We've got all that, and the gunslinger's back. And I'm not talking about Brett Favre. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. I am your host, Donald Wagonblast. Alongside me are my co-hosts, my brother, Scott Wagonblast. Ew! And our good friend, Tom Hillier. Hey, everybody. Welcome, gentlemen, to another week. This is our 10th episode. We hit double digits. Or did we hit nine? It's nine. 9.5. We'll go at nine and a half. Welcome to episode nine. It'll everybody. be our tenth upload. Before we yes. get too deep, Tom, I uh, noticed that when Don was reading off his crushes, he, there, he missed one. He missed yours. I, we have to know who it is. He missed Christina Aguilera. I was oh, more of a Christina Aguilera man. Okay, that's... yeah, she's a little more uh, edgy. The, well, she ended up being. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. My um, type. That's yeah. also for the Mickey sure. Mouse Club, well <laughs> represented by '90s uh, first celebrity crushes. Uh, we're gonna get to Justin the meeting. Timberlake for all you ladies out there. There you go. And nice. Maybe some of the guys too. We're not judging. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, we've got something very cool about celebrity crushes. We're gonna hope to be uh, some celebrity crushers uh, this year in fantasy football, and we're gonna explain what all that means after we get to the headlines from the last week since we last spoke. It's only six, seven days, but it, there's always something that goes on in this in this training camp period. And boy, did we get a doozy because there was something in the Gatorade in Miami, yeah. right? There was there's <laughs> something going, crazy going on down there. We named it Gatorade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you know who's really happy that it's that everything's going wrong in Miami, Baltimore. Because for a week we weren't like, oh my god, like what's going to happen to the Ravens this week? Um, but for those of you who don't know, uh, late th- late last week, Ryan Tannehill went down with a non-contact injury. He re-partially tore his left ACL. That's the exact medical uh, phrasing, too, if you were wondering. Um, and so, like all the pundits and all the NFL athletes should, everybody says, Dolphins should go out and get Colin Kaepernick. And what do the, what do the Dolphins do? They don't get Colin Kaepernick. They go out. And they get esteemed Fox broadcaster and gunslinger extraordinaire Jay Cutler from the couch directly. Like he said, he even said in his interview, he's like, "Yeah, you know, quarterbacks like don't really have to run that much, so I'll, I'll be fine." Said huh? he didn't need cardiovascular stamina. Bro, Cutler doesn't care Love about him. much. Here's the thing with him: he doesn't even play 16 games generally because of that whatever attitude yeah he leaves at the slightest disturbance Mm -hmm. and you know that's he's never been a go-to fantasy guy so as far as a fantasy podcast oh don is giving me a strange look there was one season where where jay cutler really returned fantasy value and it was with his offensive coordinator adam gase who is now the head coach in miami he was qb12 in 2015 they passed the 25th most times in the league that year but Gase kind of unlocked the secret. He kind of set Cutler up. Now, granted, he had six foot five Brandon Marshall, 
six foot four Alshon Jeffrey and six foot three Martellus Bennett. You're not going to see an NFL roster with those three big time red zone targets to go to. They also had Matt Forte, a great pass catching back for the little scoot down passes. But listen, I don't think I'm not taking Cutler in my two quarterback league. I'm not taking him as my backup to my stud that I draft, but it's interesting. It's kind of like, to me, it's akin to beast mode going to Oakland where it's like last year, Oakland ran the ball well and beast mode was pretty good when he was in the league. And I, I think beast mode has much more of a potential to be a week to week great performer than Cutler does. I'm not trying to like put beast mode on the same playing field as Cutler here. Um, but it's interesting to me, yeah. at least a little. It's funny. Like, when Marshawn came back or when he was in the process of, people were rostering him in like dynasty leagues and leagues that go all year and they were pumped when, you know, that worked out. Oh yeah. But no one no. is scrambling to go get Jay Cutler. He's still available probably. In every yeah, I mean every league, probably. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it's probably gonna remain that way except for two quarterback leagues. I think that it's interesting because um as you guys know and as we actually alluded to um in the first podcast we said <laughs> Um, unfortunately for him, uh, don't think it's Ryan Tannehill's season. Uh, we didn't expect it to go down this way. Yeah, that was unfortunately for him, um, it did, and now we're on to Cutler. Um, the way it projects out for their receivers is kind of where I'm starting to look towards the fantasy value, and I think that the receivers could, in a way, actually end up being better off with Cutler than they were with Tannehill. Um, I'm not exactly sure how, but I like... Um, I really like Julius Thomas um, playing under Gase, and now with Cutler, it's like a weird kind of combo where it seems like he can maybe be something like Martellus Bennett was, and now Devontae Parker slides into that type of Alshon Jeffrey um, jump ball type of role, which I also do like. I think he starts to creep up a little value as well. Would you say that they're opening the Gase of hell? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Why not? I mean, I I like the Thomas call. Why is it hell? Yeah, I would call it a case of cold ones because oh, Julius Thomas nice and Bro Jay Cutler, Cutler have yeah. been quite cold over that the past couple of years. Way Ouch. Cooler. <laughs> Ouch. Um, yeah, I was actually just about to say, like, where do we think the value, the fantasy value lands in Miami? Because for me, it's really tough to not say, well, JHI is going to get fed until he's full. That and was probably going to He's going to get fed more anyway. So is it possible now that JHI's outlook looks even better with Cutler? Yes, instead of Matt Moore. Because with Matt Moore, you're going to like get that box loaded. With J.H.I., he's not going to see that intimidating front as much. With Jay Cutler, you're going to have to respect the fact that he can you know, gunsling, as you so eloquently put it already. But like a gunslinger like the Dark Tower movie, which <laughs> is not getting very good reviews. <laughs> like He's like that kind of... I'm not like putting him on Favre level. I just wanted... Everybody to make sure that I I clarified that. I don't even know what movie that is. It's called the it's it's the, called the Dark Tower and it looked bad and it, I think it is bad. I haven't seen it yet. I probably will. All right. Well, for me, you just got to look at the measurables. You know, um, Jarvis Landry five eleven, Devontae Parker six three. You guys alluded to it a little bit. So he's always been that jump ball in the red zone kind of guy. I'm not sure as in Cutler giving it to someone in the red zone in that fashion. I'm not sure that that's going to affect Jay Ajay. You know, that's just how they're going to score. Those jump balls 
and Jay Ajayi. I think Ajayi will actually get an uptick in uh, PPR as well, just because of Cutler's general use of the running back position when he's played quarterback through the air. Um, we've seen it with Forte, and um, it seems like Jay Ajayi is going to be uh, every down type of back this year. And when that tends to happen, um, Jay Cutler's running backs have always been able to, you know, he's had Forte for a long time, but they've always been able to accumulate a lot of stats. And with a running back that good, I think that it, it does spell very well for Ajayi. But I was already on Ajayi. So, like, even without this, I think I would still have a pretty good feeling about him. And Ajayi's been, like, in the mock drafts that we I've been doing, Ajayi's been a guy who's, like, fringe back end round one, high end round two. Does this Cutler news push Ajay into the first round firmly for the two of you? No. Um, no, not to me. So he um, stays the same then? Yeah, yeah there's still there's still much to climb with the uh with that thick, you know, top top class receiving core this year, along with the uh with the top three running back Shady and and Melgo. I think he slots in pretty much right after them though, and if I get him I'm I'm gonna be happy, like I've said. All right. So then, uh, literally today, right before we uh, got in the studio to cook, uh, Anquan Bolden signed with the Buffalo Bills. Um, we forgot to mention this in our offseason moves episode, but he was unsigned at that time. But I wanted to make a point and say, hey, listen, like Anquan Bolden's still out there, and he's going to sign somewhere, and you need to pay attention to where he signs. He goes to the Bills, so I think it's a pretty good landing spot. What do you guys think? For the reasons that I like Zay Jones and, you know, I'm now a little disappointed because I love Zay Jones so much, is the opportunity is certainly there, you know. And I, I talked about it with Zay Jones. They they had Anquan Bolden go there. They had Macklin go there and they didn't sign anybody. And um, word came out today is that they actually did offer Anquan Bolden uh, a contract the first visit, but he didn't take it until today. He comes back. Weighing and, his options type of thing. Yeah. So it took a little while, and you know he definitely is a guy who gets a veteran's treatment. He can walk into any camp right now and find a place in the offense, and that's one that needs him. You know they lose Robert Woods, they lose Marquise Goodwin, they have just they're Sammy tentatively going to lose Watkins. Yeah, he, and it's a perfect time to mention that he also is dealing with a bit of a rolled ankle this week, and you know that is the Sammy Watkins that we've come to know. That nagging foot, you know that injury, you can't seem to knock it. Um... Obviously, if he goes down, Anquan Bolden gets an absolutely huge uptick in value. And he's not even going to get drafted until, you know, unless Sammy Watkins goes into draft season hurt, then he's not going to get drafted at all. And he scored close to 10 touchdowns last year. I think he had about eight touchdowns I last thought he year. landed on nine. Yeah, but... And- He's a red zone guy. Yeah, and he's in a high powered he was in a high powered offense, especially through the air. Now he doesn't go to one that's as much, but you know, he's got some of the best just on a personal level, he has some of the best hands for a receiver that I've ever seen watching football. And when you have that with that much veteran presence, I think that there's, you know, there's like you said, there's obviously gonna be a role for him. And from there, the fantasy value is whatever he is able to to kind of take from everyone else and it could be a lot, but it could be very little too. Yeah, I mean, an- another thing about just uh, his draft position that I would expect to see is if you're drafting anytime soon, it's going to be non-existent. You're going to have to like search Anquan Bolden yeah. because his ADP has not been influenced by anyone drafting him because he's been a free agent. Mm-hmm. So 
the fact is, is that you can get a guy right now, if you're drafting this coming weekend, you can get him with your last pick probably. And yeah. if it's the same thing as the Zay Jones ordeal, you're going to see Zay Jones get drafted above him, which sure there's upside. I just kind of whistled there. Sure. There's upside. And then there's, you know, the dynasty effect and the, the youthfulness of Zay Jones and the old age of Bolden, but in a redraft in, you know, just looking at this year, Anquan Bolden will almost certainly outperform Zay Jones and it breaks my heart. Yeah, it does. It does kind of stink because, um, I know how excited you were for Zay. And I mean, after starting to read the reports and stuff from camp, I was actually starting to get pretty hyped on him too. But now Bolden goes there and um, it seems like he's going to be able to take in, you know, as much as he can handle. We'll, we'll see how much it'll be. But, you know, he's always been pretty sturdy. He's always been pretty steady. So I kind of like him as like a kind of a dart throw if I'm in a deep league, if I'm in a 12-man league, maybe even like to some of the listeners that are in those 14-man, 16, you know, those deep leagues where you really are looking for a guy that maybe pull in and start one week. I think that that's where Bolden's value will lie. Bolden did have eight touchdowns. Um, yes. And I just wanted to remind everybody that last year, the only player in the NFL with more red zone receptions than Anquan Bolden, Jordy Nelson, who led the league in receiving touchdowns. Now, the only pause that I have with Bolden is we know Buffalo is a run on first down, run on second down, and if it's short enough, run on third down in the red zone type of team. Do you think that this Bolden signing changes their approach enough that maybe Tyrod Taylor throws more passing touchdowns this year, or do you think it's going to be right in that same area? The only thing I can imagine is this: it's just more effective in the red zone, which we clearly kind of brought up already, but... I think the way that I'm going to break it down to it right now or break it down in right now is that Sammy Watkins scores from so far out and you expect him to have, you know, a considerable amount of uh, touchdown output. So I think when you're getting closer to the goal line, that red zone area, that's when you're going to see Anquan Bolden be effective. And if he's not effective anywhere else, it may really burn the Sammy Watkins owners even, you know, like it may annoy you that, oh, Anquan Bolden's out there stealing another touchdown, yep. just like it did to the Marvin Jones people last year. Right. And I think that even segues beautifully into someone that we wanted to talk about who's going to be stealing a lot of red zone targets from Marvin Jones again Yeah, is uh, their rookie, Kenny Galladay, who's causing a stir at camp, much like Don, everyone else. Just like everyone else. It's just like everyone else season. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at Why So Serious, I try to expose just how difficult it is to figure out who's actually playing well. It's almost like if you don't hear anything about a guy or a certain team, you know that something big's coming because it's just like every single day you get, he's having a great camp, he's catching. I'm, I'm sick of it already, and, and we still have three weeks of it. Um, but to your point, Tom, uh, Chad Ochocinco, was at Lions workouts uh, over the weekend, and he said, you know, Galladay looks like he's going to be the real deal. Certain fantasy experts that I follow on Twitter have started calling him God all day. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I think we're running away with this train a little bit too quickly here because, you know, we think that Marvin Jones is going to have a better um, – he's going to have a better grasp on the Cooter offense. And uh, <laughs> I think that Eric Ebron, who's entering his age 24 season – is going to be, I think maybe this is finally the year he puts together because if it's not right now, then he's in trouble. Yeah, he's not garnering a lot of red zone targets and hasn't 
through his career so far. So it's it's tough to say that Eric Ebron is just going to flip a switch when you just look at the data, essentially. Um, of course, it reads well on paper that you want a tight end to go in there and get red zone targets, but I don't really see it from Eric Ebron right now. But if it happened, it, it wouldn't kill me. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I think that the all the excitement that's definitely coming is, is – Galladay's size, you know, he's a he's a big receiver, um, much like Marvin Jones is. I think that they'll both actually complement each other very well on the outside of that offense, and then especially when you put Tate or even a guy like Theo Riddick to start to play the slot and and make and take which advantage they love of some to do take advantage of some mismatches, which they do love to do. I think that they're going to find those mismatches for this Galladay kid too. I mean, they're talking about him like crazy. I personally thought. That with the leaving of Bolden, it was going to lead to maybe a sort of renaissance for um, the Marvin game. Jones. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Marvin Jones to have that kind of comeback season like he had with the Bengals where he did not catch a ton of passes, but it seemed like every single pass he caught that year went for a touchdown. I was kind of thinking that that, that was going to start to come back, but now that we keep hearing about this Galladay kid, I, it's it's hard to tell for me. It's really murky. But like we've been saying, both of their values are going to be so late that I think it's just something that you kind of got to kind of keep your ear to the ground on and try to weed through how you know everyone says everybody's doing great because I think that it could be. It's a position where there's so much volume in that pass game. Whoever assumes that role, whoever takes that step, is you know their their ceiling could go very 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 high absolutely and it's it's another thing that you can use to help you is watch the preseason games you know like the first team's gonna be in for you know x amount of time so if you notice that they're trying to funnel the ball to Galladay or trying to funnel the ball to Marvin Jones you know that's what you need to look for um we do have more wide receiver news and this is super unfortunate like this this injury news with Quincy and Unwin today, this just really hit me because he had a great year last year with Marshall not performing the way that we know he's capable of and Decker going down so early. Anunwin was really like a nice little sleeper breakout for the Jets last year. Decker gone, Marshall gone. You, you lo- it looked like he was going to get all the targets. The dude's got a bulging disc in his neck, and he's going to miss six to nine months. He's probably going to miss the whole year. I, I think they actually said he's going to miss – the entire season so fortunately enough uh it was concluded up to this point at least it's not anything career threatening the the disc yeah so obviously huge blow for the jets too the jets are gonna be so bad i was gonna bring up (laughs) that uh i'm a jets fan you know i'm the worst i'm sitting with two of them right now I'm known as the worst Jets fan of all time because I love fantasy football so much and I exploit my favorite team in personal gains. So that being said, I follow them on social media and stuff. They were posting Quincy Anunwa stuff in the offseason like hotcakes. Like it was like just oh all the time. And I was gonna bring up one of these days, you know, if that equates to anything, then if, if social media presence per a team <laughs> equates to something, then Quincy Anunwa is gonna be a rock star this year. <laughs> but I never got to make the joke and here we are, you know, ending his season effectively. But someone that we brought up, even in the wide receiver episodes Not we. Let's give credit where credit's due. Oh uh, well me and Scotty were playing this gentleman had a, had Robbie Anderson as his plum pick oh, plum. going into this season. Well, yeah. that's, that's and that true. was my brother I did, Scott. I did feel it down down in the nether region. But um 
you know, me and Tom had talked about it at length, um, obviously off the air, on the air. We've always been, last year while we were watching the games at the end of the season, we were both uh, high-fiving each other. I remember vividly as Robbie Anderson caught a touchdown because we both had him in our FanDuel lineups. So we've been kind of on the Robbie Anderson train, maybe a, uh, a station earlier than everybody else was, which is fine. But, you know, it's... You know, you can hear the excitement in, voice, in my voice because he really is pretty good. And if Bryce Petty becomes a quarterback, this dude, he's, he's, he could start as your flex, dude, every he was, week. He was getting a quarter of all targets. Yeah, his target share was, like, up there with, like, you know, the, the Alshon Jeffries. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the top cream of the crop target guys. So if you're talking PPR, you're talking... I mean, someone on the Jets has to catch the ball, and they're going to have to do it a lot because they're going to be behind. And it's the, not always going to be Bilal Powell. The and game look, script is just going to be pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. And and then you start to look at the rest of their receiving quarter. What do they have? They have a couple uh, of rookies, right? Peak, who you know played very sparingly last season. Um, our Darius Stewart, who already is having uh, injury troubles, and and uh, Chad Hansen from from Cal, I believe, who is their mm-hmm. other receiver. I was thinking about too. <laughs> um, so, you know what? What's there? There's nothing there really stopping Robbie Anderson. And the slot is kind of a position where it's just kind of quick cut, get open type of thing, which kind of seems like he's going to end up playing. And then, you know, like I said, I think a lot of it will hinge on if Bryce Petty is going to be the starting quarterback, which I personally believe that he will be. Um, but even if not, it seems like at this point Robbie Anderson's going to have his fair share. Robbie Anderson's going undrafted. I He's a must-draft guy. If I have to use an 11th-round pick or a 10th-round pick to get him, I'm going to get him because uh, he, he's got that big of a potential coming into the season. I pick him in like the 15th round of every mock draft I do just because, you know, he's my guy. And I've had to scroll like so <laughs> far to find him sometimes. Just type his name in the search bar, <laughs> I like I like the scrolling just so oh, I can be like, no. oh, you're really going to put this guy over Robbie Anderson? You know, I, I like being able to see <laughs> Fair that. Enough. Fair enough. All right, so uh, let's do a little bit more rapid fire. We've got Alshon Jeffrey returning to practice this week. Big for, for the now. Eagles for now. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy. Tom, we know you're big on him this year, and I, I see why you're big on him. I just, you know, I, I worry, and I don't want to get burned by him. So I've been avoiding him, but, you know, if I can get a good value with him, I might take him, and it's good that he's back on the field before their first preseason game even starts. I'm backing off a little bit on him, but I still stand, you know, firm in my stance that he is going to be a very effective receiver yeah. this year. I mean, he's going to be a red zone monster. And you're are you, talking standard leagues. That's you know, I had him at twelve. Are you comfortable with him as your as your? I mean, you had him at, as your twelfth ranked receiver, so that would put him as a WR one in twelve man leagues. Are you still comfortable with rolling him out as your WR one, or do you want him more as like your your two guy now? I mean, if I'm building a team and I'm drafting Alshon. Like he's generally not going to be the twelfth person off the board you for know, sure because you got other positions to factor in. So I would definitely feel more comfortable if I was doing a little bit more of a zero RB sort of thing, okay. where I get you know bona fide gonna be a stud receiver, and then Alshon Jeffrey, and then you know go get Christian McCaffrey right. or someone else later down the board. But um, I wouldn't in a twelve man. I w- it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because you know you can get someone else. You know if I can get. Alshon, Demarius Thomas, you know, I see Demarius Thomas, not that right. the episode is about him in any respect, but he is like the ultimate wide receiver too, 
but the problem is he's a wide receiver one. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He plays like that's such a supportive role. Yeah. And, you know, he's good for 70 receptions every year. Like 75. He's, he's, he's gonna had have, the last five seasons. What, it, what it's seeming like is you, if you're going to go with an Alshon or even really with a DT, it, it's like a one in one A. You don't really want, uh, you don't have your solid bonafide wide receiver one, your Julio Jones, your Odell Beckham. And your and then your wide receiver too. You're kind of counting on both of those guys to you know one week one of them assumes that top light role and the other and while the other one takes the back seat and they kind of go back and forth. I think that um, a guy like Michael Crabtree is another one that's very comparable. Maybe like a Devontae Adams, you know, like guys in that range. Edelman, I'd be a lot Edelman. I'd be a lot more comfortable picking having Jeffrey and Crabtree as opposed to you know having. Alshon on his own kind of as a number. I think to even counter what Tom said, I like getting off the zero RB. I feel like if you get like a Demarius, if you go like Demarius Alshon, because I think it's possible that you can get Alshon Jeffrey in the second or or, sorry, in the third or fourth round. So if, if you go out and get one of these like stud running backs, you get David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Shady in the first, you know, five picks of your draft and you're waiting all that time for it to get back to you. You can do that. Get DT. Get Alshon Jeffrey in the third round. Now you've got two guys who are probably going to be solid receivers, and you've got that stud running back that everyone wishes they ended up having by the end of the year. So I like the move, but like we said, I think we're all using caution, and certainly none of us and none of you who are listening should be drafting Alshon Jeffrey as your number one receiver. Fair enough? Depends. I mean, it's it's it, it's a move. It's a good enough move if you can build the depth yeah. elsewhere. Like, we're going to talk about our draft – like later on that we had this past weekend, but you know, I have what I would consider like seven startable wide receivers. So I'm very comfortable taking Sammy Watkins in that draft because I went out and I got these guys that are very replaceable and we'll get, we'll get to those guys. But that strategy that I'm talking about where if I take a risk, then I like to get rock steady later on down the, you like to mitigate it as uh, as the draft kind of goes through. So just another, just a couple other guys we wanted to mention. Amari Cooper missed three straight days of practice at the end of last week. Um, didn't really disclose why. There was a leg issue, but we haven't really gotten any further information about it, which leads us to believe that it's not that big of a deal, but just something that we felt like people if it should was that, be aware of. If it was a big deal, I think we would have known by now. Yeah. Um, Tyler Lockett was activated from the pup list uh, to get some good injury news for a change. Um, he's not getting drafted right now. But we all agree that this is a guy who could really pop off at any moment and deliver, you know, a, a big like bye week fill in or a big FanDuel type of week where, you know, you've got he's basically your secret weapon, your yeah, pocket this, rockets, if you will. I think that um, as we've been starting to go through camp, um, I've been starting to realize the, the true depth of the wide receiver position this year and just how many guys you can have start a week where it's. Robbie Anderson, even a guy like a, a Tyler Lockett, like, you know, how we're talking about now, um, you know, maybe some, um, I believe we're, t- we're going to be talking about John Brown later, too, who is another uh, very deep guy, a Kenny Stills type of guy. You know, it just seems like there is so much value. It's, it's just such a deep field in the wide receiver core that, um, you know, you hear a guy like Lockett and it's like, wow, he was, he had some really good games when he was healthy and he is nowhere near drafted. For perspective, he was going around the sixth, seventh round last year. Right. So, and sometimes earlier. And the reason that I like him 
is and obviously more so in standard than any PPR formats because he gets it done when he does on a lot less receptions. But he's likely going to be the wide receiver too for the Seahawks. And that in itself has this upside that people going around him in drafts, which is he's not getting drafted, so other people who don't get drafted, they don't have that for you, right? Even if they're involved in their team and they are a wide receiver too, like let's say the wide receiver too who emerges on the Chiefs beside beside Tyree Kill, right? That person is not nearly going to have the wide receiver two upside that Tyler Lockett can have, even if they are a you know, another deep threat guy like Tyreek, whatever. Like they're not just going to be able to astrally project up into people's starting lineups like Tyler Lockett can based on his value. So based on that, I think he's he's a great pick. Yeah, I think that, you know, there is some great value in him and I don't know how much it's really going to change. He's, you know, I bring it up a lot, but um, just real quick, he's a great, deep pluck for that bonus league i mean yeah 75 yard rushing touchdown last year if you remember it yeah so like they have those gadget plays for him and it was a great run too. yeah like, it when, was a highly real yeah run. when they're gonna do those weird things it's it's tyler lockett you know he's yeah. like that sanu whatever Tavon austin you know a lot of teams have these gadget guys and when they make a play it's it's gonna be for him yeah our injury seesaw goes back to the negative side we've got josh Doxson and john brown missing time uh, Doxson tweaked a hammy. He actually went for an MRI. Uh, Jay Gruden said that it wasn't anything serious, but MRIs typically aren't great. Right. Um, and hammies can linger. Right. And uh, John Brown's still dealing with his sickle cell, which hindered him last year as well. Yeah. Um, so, so really iffy. These are two guys that are going at the back ends of drafts. Um, so if these are guys that you were looking for as your sleepers and you know you're in a league that's drafting early right now, you need to keep an eye on their injury reports before you draft them because, number one, they're going in the late rounds, and that's where you really try to pluck those sleepers, and you don't want to try to pluck a guy who's who's just going to stay asleep. Who's never going to wake up. Yeah, yeah right. you got it there before me, actually. I think a big um, proponent of being a good fantasy sleeper is like making it all the way through camp. It's normally like one of the better things that you get to see those signs that that victor cruz that had three touchdowns in a preseason game like almost seemingly right before he came up uh you know through his rise with the giants um and that's really what i'm trying to pay attention for with these guys you know it's john brown too you know i gotta make sure i gotta see these guys make it through camp before i go and waste a pick on them but um i really like the uh potential the upside i think john brown has almost equal if not greater upside the uh than tyler lockett yeah i think he has better upside if if he hits so to speak Mm -hmm. but i think he's less likely to hit because he's been dealing with that sickle cell trait and it's always um accompanied by some sort of leg injury right now it's his quad it's been other parts of his body before but always in the legs and on the positive side of John Brown is when you listen to Bruce Arians talk about how last year went not so according to plan. One of the first things out of his mouth is always, yeah, well we were missing a thousand yards from John Brown. Right. Two years ago, he was really something and they were really, really, really excited about him. So they still are, they still want to keep him like involved. And it's important to know also that sometimes guys like us and people like you, if you're listening to a fantasy football podcast, you get that tidbit of information and maybe it's, you know, right now, three weeks before drafts even happen, 
right? So there's time for him to recover. It's not time to just write him off. It's just a monitoring period. Absolutely. And one final note, another wide receiver, our boy, the Moscow Mule, listed Number as a starter on the Rams depth Baby. Start. Get ready. The Moscow Mule and his Cooper Cup are coming for the NFL. Stay thirsty for those tuds, Cooper. They're coming. There we go. Yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to see him as a, as a real PPR option, too. Like he's going to be an underneath guy, getting a lot of targets, and you know we we couldn't be happier. He has that like he has that Robbie Anderson this about them. They're going to be bad. Doesn't seem like there's a ton to throw to, and he's proving himself in camp. So I mean, at this point, you know, like, why not? like we said, yeah, keep monitoring him because he's why not, not getting at drafted. this point. Someone's got to catch the rock over there. Yeah. And let's be honest, you don't have to do much monitoring because we are going to jump at every opportunity we can to bring this guy into the forefront of fantasy football. Yeah, just, oh, yeah. just follow at RutzFF and you'll see any any news you yeah. might need on him. Yep. We've also got cool uh, cool training camp videos. We've yeah. been doing a good job of retweeting those as well. The, the, the cool touchdowns that uh, Brandon Cooks had one today. Oh, that was um, a beauty. The one-hander was awesome. Brandon about, Marshall. I'm, fa- I'm falling for it so hard with the Brandon Cooks videos. It's disgusting. How about also, real quick, as if we, we could fall in any more love with this guy. How about Christian McCaffrey just turning Luke Keekley around out there on the field? Like, whoa, that was that was something to me. And it's just every day I see something about McCaffrey where it's like, I gotta pick him. I gotta <laughs> I just gotta pick him. And that was just the latest installment. Absolutely. I know. As we were drafting this weekend, uh, when I picked McCaffrey, I think I got him in what, the fourth round, yeah, maybe? Steal. I was like this is the latest he's going to go. Ever. His ADP is only going up from here. Yes. I got a steal on him because we were drafting ridiculously early. Right, and I, I picked right after you. I think it was maybe the pick after, and I had him clicked. I was like ready <laughs> to click draft, and it's like as long as Tom doesn't take McCaffrey, he's mine. And, of course, once the pick went off, I was like, ah, oh, that's a good pick. Speaking of our draft, let's get into it. Uh, we have started a celebrity league. And uh, we invited a lot of people who are famous on various mediums of social media. Uh, and we had all of them get together. We had a draft on Saturday afternoon. What a great way to uh, to spend some time with each other. Uh, and we've got our first league that we get to dissect. Uh, so we're going to introduce the members of this league. Um, and if you're listening because you heard of us from one of those members of the league, please make sure you give us a shout out at RutzFF. We'd love to hear uh, how many people came over uh, to check us out. Uh, so we're going to get started. Like we said, we had the draft. Um, we're going to start with a guy who uh, we've been following for quite some time now. Uh, his name on YouTube is so close to toast. He has one and a half million subscribers. He's a Call of Duty guy, but he's he does most of the major first-person shooter games. Uh, and everybody knows he's a very charismatic guy. He is He's the life of the party. He's a beatboxer. Okay, yeah, I was wondering when you were going to get yeah. there. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so, we, so we've so we got so close to Toast on board. Uh, he had he was easily the wild card of the draft. Yeah, I mean, he's an eclectic guy, as you can already see from that description. He's a beatboxing, video game, this, that, and the other thinger. So his draft was a little off the rails, but he wound up with what I think is a very formidable team. It it looks good over the long run because, you know, maybe his receivers aren't like outlandish, but that's the right. spot where you can improve. But the crazy thing about that 
kind of insult I just gave is that he nailed it, in our opinion, with the 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 receivers that he did draft late. Right, exactly. He nailed it, in my opinion, so hard with the two receivers that he has as his starters. Starting with uh, number one, I haven't, we haven't gotten a lot of time to talk about this guy on the podcast. Um, over the past couple let's, weeks, let's talk he's been it. a guy that I really, really love, and that's Cameron Meredith. Um, I think Ben stole him. That was another pick that went like one or two right before me that I was very upset about. Um, I can vouch for that. We if you're looking at, at Cameron Meredith, um, last year he had uh, 69 catches, 880 yards, and about four touchdowns, and he only played 11 games. Uh, and in, I'm sorry, he only started in 11 games. He didn't touch the field in two of them at all. And um, it's just starting to show to me that his value, if you're a believer in Terrell Pryor, you should be a believer in Cameron Meredith, and I'll tell you why. Because Cameron Meredith did it with horrible quarterback play last year. He's a former quarterback, and this is one of the few times, you know, this is it's, it's right in the start of his early wide receiver career where, where I think you can expect him to go flying up his upgrade at quarterback, um, sorry, Don, <laughs> Jay Cutler, I know, is great. But Mike Glennon quietly was pretty solid in all his starts throughout his career, and he did a great job of uh, involving the number one receivers. So Cameron Meredith, uh, so close to toast, great pick, great value, and I, I think he stole him. Moving on to his other receiver. Go ahead, Don. All I was just going to say is uh, I do want to mention that it's a full-point PPR league. And Cameron Meredith has great value there, too, because he was just getting peppered. He's a guy who can get above 10 catches in a game, and it wouldn't shock you. Right, and there's – going back to Meredith real quick. (laughs) I'll I'll calm down, I swear. Um, They've signed a bunch of different receivers. Um, They signed Marcus Wheaton. They signed Kendall Wright. They have a bunch of pieces, but not that one go-to guy. And I think those pieces can do a decent enough job of – diverting a little attention. Some of the down games that Cameron Meredith had last year were alongside um, Bellamy and Deion Thompson, I believe, were his other receivers, so not a ton of help out there. I think this year he'll get a little bit more help, especially with the quarterback play and with some of these other receivers. I expect big things for Cameron Meredith. It's so big sad. things. It's so sad that you just went on like a five-minute rant about the Bears wide receivers and didn't even mention Kevin White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, they got that guy too. But he gets So he gets Cameron Meredith. He waits we need to talk about it. So close to toast waits until round seven or eight to draft his first wide receiver. But because he did that, he ends up with Le'Veon Bell, Tom Brady, DeMarco Murray, Rob Gronkowski. I think he's got the best quarterback running back tight end combination in this league. He's got, and he's got a receiver who we think is going to vastly outperform his ADP. He's got Kenny Britt as, as a second starting who receiver. Who may be a second receiver who might vastly outperform his ADP. Exactly. he did it with horrible quarterback play right. last year as well. So you got to watch out for those wild cards because sometimes you might just pull up aces. <laughs> right? I mean, right? I mean, Brady Gronk, Brady Gronk stack. Brady Gronk Bell. Yeah. Not Ooh, that yeah. they're a stack, but that's pretty formidable. Yeah. Should we move on? Yeah, let's move on now. So uh, Tana Montana 100. She is a YouTuber as well. She's fantastic channel, channel. Yeah, she's a lot, very much DIY inspired lifestyle. Yeah. She just got a new puppy. So if you're a puppy <laughs> YouTuber, like her puppy's adorable. Uh, she posted something about fidget spinner hacks that I was trying in my room before. Uh, she's basically if you're <laughs> was like the door closed <laughs> when you were trying those fidget spinner hacks. No, <laughs> um, but anyway. Um, yeah, she's got like basically anything that you like are thinking about doing that you see on Tumblr, like she has already mastered. 
So oh, yeah. if you if you're not a subscriber, she does some really cool stuff. She made unicorn toast for breakfast one day. It was really cool. So uh, a very interesting uh, YouTube channel to follow. I've subscribed immediately when I saw the puppy. Yeah, she's never played fantasy football before, but we reached out and she was all about the idea right from the jump. She's going to be a true competitor, and uh, she had the first overall pick. Yeah, and she doesn't seem like too big of a running back fan, but she did take David Johnson and Marshawn Lynch, who I think she's hoping will do most of the heavy lifting for her running back core, as anyone would who drafts them high. Also got some good PPR people with Edelman and Garcon and a nice big play threat with Tyreek Hill. I like the team that she's put together. Um, it's going to lean heavily on David Johnson and Marshawn Lynch. But over the past, that hasn't necessarily been a terrible thing. Tell last year's David Johnson owners that they're going to have to lean heavily on David Johnson. And they'll be like, fine. In, <laughs> sure. In full point PPR, yeah, mind you. Right. Her draft strategy, she told me, was uh, she was just picking players who she knew. Which is okay. interesting that she remembered Pierre Garcon from the Peyton Manning Colts days. Well, we'll. See. I don't. I mean, I, think, I don't know. I think there that, was a period of time where she ran out of players she knew. But I have a strong feeling by the end of the season she's going to get into it and she's yeah. going to know more players than she bargained yeah. for. A good uh, two quarterback system with Eli and Ben too, because we know Martavis Bryant has a huge uptick in the entire Steelers offense when he's on the field so that could mean a better year fantasy wise for Roethlisberger and we know Eli's got the best stable of weapons that he's ever had um, as a giant so an interesting couple of quarterbacks I hope one of them works out for her uh, and I hope she enjoys her first fantasy league with us this is like an important responsibility it's like when you're a girl's first boyfriend or girlfriend <laughs> Like it's, oh, a, it's come a very, on, Don. it's a very important thing. But anyway, um, didn't have to take it there. I guess not. Um, Making Tom think. Tom, back. who's up next? <laughs> to my first love. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so up next, we've got Bucky Isotope. Now, Bucky Isotope is a staple of Twitter. Uh, he has over a hundred thousand followers on there. He's always rubbing elbows with people that you see on TV, here on the radio. Your Will Arnett's, your Mark Hoppuses. He is uh he's one of the big guys in the in the weird Twitter scene, but I he has definitely graced your timeline if you've been on Twitter. Yeah. As he's much as any average person. Twitter comedian. He's got some great stuff. Like I don't even like I just prefer to call those guys like Twitter comedians cuz I feel like calling it weird Twitter just makes it like I don't know, it just kind of puts a weird connotation to it. Like we this can, dude is a straight up comedian. He's hilarious. We can ask him about it. And by the way, we should have mentioned each one of these players is going to be on the podcast. Yeah. So we're going to do an interview with them. We're going to, you know, we're going to talk to them, how the, how the league is going for them, how they think their team is going to shape out and all that fun stuff. And maybe we'll get to the bottom of Bucky. Is it weird Twitter? Is it, is it okay for <laughs> yeah. us to call it weird Twitter? What is we're he, really, what is, what does he classify himself? We're as? not really in weird Twitter. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about it? Are we breaking like the fight club rules right now? One thing I will classify him as though is a pretty good drafter because I'm looking at this, at this team he's got and it looks as though he went, obviously I didn't talk to him about his strategy beforehand. I would never do that as a competitor. Um, it looks like he started to go zero WR, but then played that PPR card very well. He goes and gets LaShawn McCoy, Jordan Howard, Leonard Fournette in the first three rounds. Which we all agree is nasty. Awesome. It's just dangerous. Just awesome. Then he's like, okay, let me get some receivers, but let me back it up with two PPR studs, Michael Crabtree, Golden Tate. 
and you start to look at the team. He rounds it out with Derek Carr. Delaney Walker has his tight end. Who is Cardinals, a stud PPR. Another end. great PPR, Delaney Walker. And then he goes Cardinals defense, Matt Bryant, with Devontae Adams on his bench. Whoo! He's got That's some a good studs. team. Yeah, I got some competition in this league, I guess. He knew what he was doing for sure. And you, if you ever look at his Twitter account, his uh Big his Cowboys header, guy, right? Yeah, it's a it's a Cowboys logo, uh, a Royals logo from the MLB. But he, he's a big Cowboys fan. His team is like uh, Bucky's Blue Stars. Yep, Bucky's yeah. Blue Stars. So, oh. And he also uh, has Prescott as his backup quarterback. Of course. So he's going to be rooting for uh, them boys. Just as yeah. much as anyone else. Oh, yeah. But um, it seems like... And his boys as well. It seems like he's not, you know, so much of a homer that it distracted him, which is actually something I might have expected from him mm-hmm. prior to the draft. But he seemed savvy. Absolutely. So, Tom, who's up next? We've got at Merman5 on Twitter. That's a man who goes by the name of Brent. He probably has one of, like... As far as a from a branding standpoint, one of the weirdest like at, you know, the handle, the Twitter handle mm-hmm. to actually just blow up. I mean, he is he is so funny. Yeah, he's he another great Twitter. Character. He is a master yeah. of the um, the scenario tweet. Like, right, right, this right. is what's happening, <laughs> yeah. and like, and the dialogue that would go along with it. Right, and the way that these guys craft <laughs> these jokes within 140 characters is just insane, and. You know, he's, he's – I'm laughing. Scott is dying over here because he's just probably thinking of a tweet. I, I run through my time hop every so often, and I've been retweeting these guys for, like, years, and I just drop them into the into And now we're in a fantasy chat. football league with them. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's very funny. Right now, uh, he took a, a hiatus from Twitter, really. I mean, he would probably have, like, as many followers as Bucky right now, but um, he's starting to do more of Twitch – he took this big hiatus, and now he's coming back. He's using his platform a little bit for Twitch, which we totally respect, you know, the uh, the platform angle. But he seems like a savvy drafter as well. Oh, yeah. He's um, got a team, to me, where he might have some clunker weeks, but, like, this is a team that can easily lead the league in scoring. Explode. I think yeah. there's some weeks that this team is going to explode, especially with his receiving core. Um as long as Keenan Allen makes it through the year healthy, he's got Keenan Allen, Cooks, and A.J. Green. That's just dangerous. Um, Greg Olson? He has Greg Olson as well. PPR I think that there's a, lot, there's a lot of risk built into this team, and I think that's why Don thinks it may be so volatile. Um, Russell Wilson has his quarterback. Bilal Powell has his second running back, who I think will be steady in PPR. But um, you know he's got a good mix on his bench as well. But I agree with you, Don. I think there's some weeks where he's gonna he might be in the tubes, and then the next week it looks like he's gonna beat everybody. But let me just let me just clarify. I I think he's got a great team. I just think that you know he's got a lot of guys. You know we had the last year with Cooks where he played an entire football game and didn't have a target. Right. Um. You know Powell. Depending on what happens with the Jets, he's actually currently missing practice right now. Um. Obviously, we think he's going to get back in. Uh, Keenan Allen, always an injury risk. Russell Wilson, there's some times where the offense just doesn't have it, and the Seahawks lean on that defense. So if all of that happens, it could be a perfect storm, and he could have you know 50 points. But if you have a game where Brady finds Cooks for two deep ones, where Cam exploits a tight end deficiency against a defense and finds Greg Olson for a couple, A.J. Green has one of his monster games against Joe Hayden, you know, You've got a team that can easily put up 150 as quickly as it can put up 50. 
but I think he's going to be a big threat. Yeah, he has a he has a volatile club, but um, but an exciting one. Yeah, there are a lot of the risky guys are the one. A lot of the risky guys he picked are a lot of the ones that I've been eyeing and trying to take advantage of where I can try and, and pluck them yeah. in my own drafts as well. Tom, who we got next? We have a girl by the name of Mara Quint at Behind Your Back on Great Twitter. Great name. That's a, it's an insane handle rivaled only by Why So Serious. Um, I just winked at Tom thinking like our listeners would see it. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry. Well, she's a writer. Uh, she's been published in The Onion, The New Yorker, you know, very... We got a lot of funny people in this yeah, league. It, well, Twitter, you know, if you're funny on Twitter, the the following compounds. Yeah. yeah, so these people have probably rubbed elbows in some way on Twitter themselves. And they were already rubbing elbows after the draft. There yeah, was Mara, trash talk going on. Mara was actually the leader of the trash talk. She was the yep. one who started... Uh, tweeting at everyone she was texting me about are we getting this group chat going like are we going to be able to like talk to these people i'm like yep i got you i got you i got you and uh it seems she enlisted the help of somebody in her draft which you know i'm okay with that's totally fine someone who definitely likes the vikings receivers that's for sure yeah she's got digs and uh thielen she's got digs and thielen on the squad i got a thielen oh interestingly um she and her Accomplice, Draft I suppose. Uh, took Ezekiel Elliott, the second pick. So just four went Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, and if you're uh, if In you're the type VR. of person to watch Undisputed with uh, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, Chris Carter was on the show today, and he said, quote, he'd be shocked if Zeke's suspension, confirmed he's getting suspended, uh, isn't announced in the next 40 hours. Now listen, I'm of the mindset of what the heck does Chris Carter know? You know, this is the same guy who told a room full of, you know, co- recent NFL draftees that they should pick one of their friends to be the guy who gets arrested in case anything happens with the law. So I'm not, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, That's but, not the worst idea. I, I mean, it's the worst idea to tell people to do that. Well, someone's got to give them the idea. Depends on the person, too. I guess. But I'm sure Goodell was not happy about it. Ride or die, that. baby. If um, Zeke. Does get suspended. I think that she'll be okay, though, because um, still has Ware, Todd Gurley, and uh, Tevin Coleman can help through a uh, through some turbulent times, especially in a full-point PPR. Um, I love this two team's, defenses. I love this team's running backs and tight ends. I think that um, the receivers are obviously a little thin, but uh, with Amari Cooper, who knows? You know, maybe Amari this Cooper is, the year is for my him. dark horse pick to be the number one fantasy receiver this year. I, I think this is the year he puts it all together. You mean a number one? V. Well, that's v. that's a that's a dark dark horse. All right. Well, it's good thing he plays for the silver and black. Well, there's one. <laughs> the, the what? The black hole. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's one thing that I noticed about her draft though. She was definitely getting the guys she wanted to. Like it, it, ADP. There was, was a not, plan going in. Yeah, there was a plan. So we'll see how it shapes out. And like we said, you know, if, if she's thin at wide receiver. That is the easiest spot to improve on, and there's so many of them. She could grab your Tyler Lockett's, your John Browns, and she'll be off to the races. With how many receivers you have on your roster was, right now, she could just pick up one that you have to eventually drop. We should make a trade. <laughs> She's chatty. What's up, Mara? <laughs> All right, so then we've got Travis Williams. So on Instagram, he's at Travis MF Williams, which I can only hope means Michael what you think it is. <laughs> That's my confirmation, yeah. Donald Michael Francis Wagonblast. Anyway, uh, he's a CrossFit Games athlete. He's he was got, in the cross. He's he was in the CrossFit Games. Yeah, this year. he he 
participated this year, competed. I shouldn't even say participated. He got 19th last year. We'll ask him how he did this year when he comes on for his interview. He was very excited about the podcast, um, super excited to be in the Celebrity League and all that good stuff. He's been messaging me on Instagram. Um, it's It seems like a, he's going to be a competitor in the league for sure, and his team looks the part. One thing that I want to point out about to be his, my personal trainer. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I wanted to point out about his team is I think he's got a cool combination with um, Darren McFadden and Doug Martin on the bench so that he can kind of parlay that Zeke suspension into two very useful assets that he got for cheap late in the draft. Yeah, I like that. And as I'm looking at his team now and you brought that idea into my head, I actually like his team a lot more <laughs> because of that. Um Great receivers, Brown, Bryant, Jeffrey, Jarvis, full PPR, Emmanuel Sanders, Deshaun Jackson. He is loaded at receiver. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, running backs aren't exactly guys that I'm targeting. Um, Joe Mixon, kind of a question mark for me, but a lot of you know, a lot of people out there are, are huge believers in him. Um, I like his team overall. I, I really do. Tom, who's next? All right, we're moving right along. Uh, Connor Tripler, he's a red swatch on Twitter and also in our fantasy league. So that red swatch means a lot to him, that perfect shade of red. Say what you want about the guy. He stays on brand. Oh, he is on brand with that red swatch. And that's at Connor Tripler 1N1P. I think you might appreciate that. Um, he's a hilarious guy on Twitter too. Uh, he's got some of the ones that crack me up when I just think back at them and I can't wait to get these guys on the podcast and talk to them about some of the funny tweets that you know I've seen it's been let out on this podcast that I am on Twitter a little bit too much I would say you're on the perfect amount of time thank you anyway um he was very leery of the term internet celebrity it almost made him not want to do it he's like I don't (laughs) want to consider myself an internet celebrity well he doesn't we do yeah, so just be sure that if you're going to interact with him on social media, be sure to call him an internet celebrity. Right. Um, you know, really, Especially when he's playing one of us. Yeah, lay it on thick. I actually play him in week one. We've got some uh, good matchups coming up. The, the, the linchpin of his team and what will be important in the coming weeks is Andrew Luck. The yes. only quarterback he drafted, as a matter of fact, was Andrew Luck. Yeah. So, yes, he has the confidence that he's going to come back. Well, um, actually, so the health of his team is obviously going to be really important when you're looking at Andrew Luck. He's also got Jordan Reed, which is you know another health concern right now and probably throughout the rest of the season. So he's going to definitely have to work the waiver wire. and Well, not necessarily, but he's going to have to keep close tabs on his guys, and he might need to find replacements for one week here, one week there. I'm not saying that those guys are going to go down and he needs some waiver wire savior. He just needs to be aware. And he told me he was doing uh, draft research that whole morning. Right. Mm-hmm. and So we'll see what comes of it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as you would say more than anyone, I think, um, Tom, quarterback and tight end are the easiest really positions to kind of plug and play for a week and try and find a guy that can maybe get me a touchdown on my tight end spot, find that quarterback with the good matchup. So I think that coupled with um, Jordy Nelson, T.Y. Hilton, Doug Baldwin as his receivers – in full PPR is, uh, you know, he's going to be fine. Like you said, it's going to it's going to hinge a lot on Andrew Luck's health, um, but you got to assume that he's going to be ready to go, right? Just want to say I love his team name, Grayson Allen Fan Club. Uh, 
he must be tripping if he thinks he's the leader of that fan club because this is a very pro Duke household. Um, but now we get to the piece de resistance. Uh, let's talk about our teams in this draft. I think we're going to start with mine because I honestly, and I hate admitting this on my own on our own podcast, but I feel like out of our three teams, mine is the most volatile. Um, so I ended up with Odell Beckham ended up falling to me at pick six in the first or pick seven in the first round. I did not think he would get there to me. I was fully planning on drafting Jordy Nelson there. In fact, I was wearing my Jordy Nelson jersey for the draft. <laughs> Changed Only out of it when him. it was over. Um, so I ended up with Odell Beckham. I then took a chance. I well, not I don't know if you call it taking a chance on a guy who had 92 catches in his rookie season, but I did get Michael Thomas. Um, I then rolled the dice took Aaron Rodgers in the third round and had Lamar Miller fall to me as my number one running back in the fourth round, which was a miracle. Yeah, that's um, going to help you a lot. That was huge. I ended up getting Ty Montgomery as my second running back. I've got Allen Robinson at my flex. My tight end, I waited too long to get some of the tight ends that I really wanted. I ended up with Zach Ertz, but I also took a guy that we all really like, Hunter Henry, to yeah, back like, him up. I and like what so, you did to back that up. Yeah. I like how you went Ertz and Henry. I think that's a... That's a good yeah. combo if you're thinking about trying to go. Yeah. Um, I think that your team's, uh, you know, your your biggest risk really, I, I mean, I guess would be running back. But um, you look down at your bench, um, you have two guys who can really be home runs. I think Gillisley could end up being an every week starter. I think Dalvin Cook could be. I'm not as high on him as Listed other people. Listed as the starter for what it's worth, although we did mention that Latavius Murray was activated from the pup. Right. I'm um, not sure if we mentioned that on yeah, the show we, or I'm before sure the show did. started, but Latavius Murray was activated from the pup today. Yep. And, uh, you know, he'll eat into Dalvin Cook's work as well. But um, just love your receivers, really. Yeah. Odell, Michael Thomas, um, Allen Robinson, I think, due for a bounce back season. Yep. Even if not, um, he'll return that, that flex yep. value that you need him to return. I had my first Odell Beckham Jr. year last year, and I'm happy to be coming back for more. Yeah, in the beginning of the season, it was a little different. Yeah. as my first Odell Beckham Jr. season, but uh, it, I he was really a, rounded into form. Yeah, I was a very happy man at the end as well. Uh, let's go to Scott's team, Scott. Oh, done. Well, your team name, you know, the Deep Sleepers. Oh, we're the Deep Sleepers, and my my <laughs> logo is a GIF of Snorlax falling asleep. Uh, shout out to my Pokemon Go fam, Zapdos, legendary raid boss, <laughs> dropped today on Monday. Uh, pumped to go get one. I got my Lugia. Oh last my week. god, All right, dude, that's enough. That's plenty. Right. I never cut someone off about talking about Pokemon, but geez. All right, let's go to Scott's team. Let's go to Scott's team then. Okay, uh, Scott, your so team is loaded. My team is good. Uh, my team name is Rotoro Raggy. <laughs> And my picture so spelled is, with a ruts. Yes, yeah, spelled with ruts, not rut or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, and the uh, image will be everyone cowering as they hold on to their dog and say zoinks <laughs> as I crush them throughout the year. Going down the roster of who will be laying this horrible defeat against everyone. Quarterback Drew Brees, uh, two starting running backs right as of right now, Ajayi and Danny Woodhead. Uh, receivers Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, tight end Tyler Eifert, flex uh, someone that I am huge on, Terrell Pryor, and uh, of course my boy Justin Tucker uh, as my kicker. And the Chargers defense, which I've been on record saying is a great pick. Um, I think they have a bit of a tough matchup week one. I think if you're starting the Chargers week one, you're, you're hoping for just that low scoring affair. Right. And then you can ride them out into some of those easier matchups that they have. Survive on Joey Bosa sacks and Casey Hayward picks, and 
you could really have a, a defense that finishes very high for very cheap. And I, I was a little – I mean, I went defense a little earlier this year, so I was I was happy that I didn't have – that I wasn't trying to get the Chargers defense. Right, because you would have been upset if I yeah, had them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you Something know, I was upset about. Right. <laughs> you took Cameron Brait from me. Oh, um, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, I was waiting and waiting and waiting. His <laughs> ADP and ESPN is ungodly low, like yeah. I mentioned. But uh, you wanted to back up Tyler Eifert, which makes total sense to me. Um, but it did it did break my heart. And the uh, <laughs> very nice. And the one the pick I actually wanted to highlight from Scott's team was another Buccaneer. You got the pop quiz, Jaquiz Rogers. Yeah, uh, we know he's in line to start the three weeks that Doug Martin suspended. We know that Doug Martin's going to have to earn his way back on the field. So we've been saying it since the mock draft episode. He's got a shot to run away with the job, and at. A late round pick, which is when you got him, that's an absolute steal, a potentially league winning pick. I mean, pick 106 and is when I got a running back who is guaranteed to start the first three weeks of the season. Was your last pick Jamal Charles? Um, or did your last pick Chargers D? So I think the last pick was Chargers D. I think, here, I could check real quick. I have I it think, up right now. No, I think it is Charles because they. they I took Charles load. 146 overall. There's only one other guy that it could be. Um,. Yeah, Charles, Charles. I thought it might have been Marvin Jones. But yeah, but I, I think went they load Charles. on your bench in the order. This oh, why. okay, yeah, okay. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I went with Charles as my as who would be then my last bench player. Um, what a flyer to take, you know? I because mean, in full PPR, he, he can easily return value by just being involved in the receiving game, which we know he has the capability of doing. And he has the upside of returning to form, shocking the world, and being who he was. Yeah, you know, so I, I have him and Adrian Peterson. I, I kind of... Once I shored up um, Danny Woodhead and uh, Ajayi as my running backs, I wanted to make sure I got one rock steady guy. So I went and got Blunt, and then the rest of my running backs were gonna be, you know, dart throw type of picks. Reach down, pull up, pull AP. Reach down, pull Jaquiz. Reach down, pull Jamal Charles. Maybe one of them works out, and, and you know, if AP or Charles return to anything near form, my team is is just so ready. And we saved our. Commissioner for last. Tom, you're going to be acting as commissioner of this league or the one who decided to make it full point PPR. Uh, was there any entertaining the idea of having it half point? Um, there was certainly an entertaining of everything. I, I was deciding whether I wanted to make it, you know, crazy or just overly normal. I think PPR is just a good setting and it's the new ESPN standard. So once I, once I made a new league, that was the the layout in front of me, and you know it felt right. It, especially if some of these people, you know, if someone, if we get into a first national bank of running backs situation, like I always bring up, like if people are hoarding those guys, I don't want someone to have a bad time in this league. You know, it's a fun league, so I want people to be able to like start that running back that can bail them out with PPR points yeah. and have a good time and compete. It's a fun league, but like we're coming for these. Yeah. And we're coming for them. And yeah. I, I certainly am with my team. I got Kirk cousins. Still the draft. 13th still the draft. Round. Yeah, 13th definitely round. still the draft. Um, Melvin Gordon. Second Broke round. Broke my heart. I was the next pick and I was like, I realized it. I was like, I looked at Scott. I was like, Scott, he's got, he's going to take Gordon here. Because at that point you had already taken Freeman was gone, so Freeman was gone. Who's right. your boy this year? Um, sorry, Tom, go ahead. Yeah, no problem. Uh, second running back in the in the lineup, I've got Christian McCaffrey. My first round pick was Mike Evans. He's going to be a PPR stud. I was really, really 
debating Devonta Freeman there, but I'm happy the way my team turned out. And that kind of led me into getting Christian McCaffrey to round out the lineup a little bit better. Demarius Thomas, my wide receiver one, wide receiver two guy that I just love. You'll see him on like so many of my teams. And then because I felt loaded right there, I have uh, Sammy Watkins. So, and like I mentioned, I kind of spoiler alerted that a little earlier. Yeah. I got some really good receivers to back him up um, in case I need them and in case Samuel Watkins doesn't quite work out. I have Larry Fitzgerald. I have Willie Sneed, who I think is a lock for 1,000 yards. And I have Tyler L. Williams, who, who we've been talking about this podcast's entire length. Who I, I think is a lock for 1,000 yards. Yeah, I don't think we've gone an episode without mentioning him, which says a lot as well. So, Because yeah. uh, some episodes are about running backs and quarterbacks, but we still – and we're like, hey, Somehow check out that Williams guy. Tyler you? Williams on every single episode. And I've got some bailout guys like uh, Theo Riddick, you know, full point PPR. He's going to get a lot of receptions. He's a and hero. I, and I already dropped my kicker for Robbie Anderson. So before week one, if I want to play with a kicker, I'm going to have to drop someone. <laughs> and uh, we'll see. You know, there's a lot of time left. So yeah, I'm thinking, there's still you know, a someone, month the season starts. someone could get hurt and then, you know, I'm going to drop them anyway. Yeah. And the last thing I want to mention is I did get the Broncos defense. I don't usually go after, you know, these top level defenses, but it was available very late. Yeah, you got the you draft. got them you got them pick one oh eight, so one oh eight. So tenth round, eleventh round. Um and the reason that I did that is and I've said it before, a lot of my draft strategy revolves around zigging when someone zags. So if no one's gonna value defense, I may as well try to value defense and then make up for it in the later picks. And I, I'm happy to have it. Um at the very worst, it's a good trade bargaining chip to people Definitely. that you know don't stream defenses they don't pay as close attention to something so at the very worst i will offload it what i did not do a great job of was securing a tight end i was waiting on cameron Brait. so i have jason witten for week one Yeesh. and uh we all know that i don't value the position as highly in drafts so i'm gonna be working the waiver wire you'll see me with many a different tight end this year and i'll be making those recommendations to you guys if you did the same thing tom, tom is a name Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I am a PC commissioner with a gif of PC principal from South Park <laughs> ruffling his papers around. I don't know about you guys, but I am sick and tired <laughs> of sexism. Um, it's just, it's so funny when you look at this team. It has like, it's such a Tom team and it's such a Tom <laughs> feel to it. But like, he's such know. a tinker with his lineup and like... You can tell he just picked, like, even, like, Demarius Thomas, like, he loves, but he'll have no problem sitting him. Sammy Watkins, he loves, but he'll have no problem sitting him. I drafted Demarius Thomas in the third round last year and sat him week one. Yeah. In one of my leagues. Yeah. So, this. For Deshaun Jackson, who outperformed him. Like, so, let's. Like, this team would give me anxiety, but I think it would make you happy. So, (laughs) I, I've. The more I've looked at it, and I'm not even trying to toot my own horn, I've just loved this team. Yeah, and I'm very it's a fun excited. team. I'm it's, very it's really excited to get the the league going, yeah. uh, some of the trash talk going, and all my other leagues. You know, I, this just drafting that feeling after you complete yeah, a draft. Yeah. Oh, you know, here like, it comes. I can't wait to like. Actually, I, I mean, I don't care about the projections, but I can't right. wait till they come out. Right, right, yeah, of course, yeah. Just you have um, something to talk about. It's just interesting to see how. Um, you know, the difference in draft strategy, I try to get like my starting lineup. That's like what I put like all my focus in. I want to have a team that like 
I'm very close to starting the entire season. Whereas, and you usually do nail it. And I and I normally I am like able to figure out at least who I want, and then I'll be able to reach up, pull up, do whatever. Whereas you are kind of more give me the options, and I'll try and make the best decision possible. I think Don kind of falls somewhere in the middle on that. I just want to get my guys. You know, like yeah. I I mocked because we knew the draft position. The cool thing about ESPN is they can give you your draft position a, a, pretty far ahead of time. And so I knew I was the seventh pick. I was mocking with the seventh pick all along. So I had one round where I had one draft where I got Rodgers. I had one where I didn't. So it's like, oh man, I really hope I get them, get them there in the third round. So I was happy to get them. Um, I want to extend a huge thank you to to these uh, internet celebs that uh, decided yeah. to join our league. Took a chance on a podcast that's just getting started out. We're thrilled to have all of them, and obviously we're big fans of all of their work. That's why. You know, we were interested in playing fantasy football with them. So of course. we're really looking forward to this league, and we hope that uh, that they can get as much out of it as we already seemed to have gotten out of it. Uh, so we're going to be posting, actually, a lot of write-ups about this league on our website, which we haven't really plugged. It's www.rutsff.com. should be pretty easy to remember because literally everything else that we do involves RutsFF. Um, and that's pretty much going to wrap it up for us. Anything... Uh, Anything else? We've got our Twitter account, which we've plugged a lot, at RutsFF. We've been posting news. We've been posting videos from training camp. Posting nudes? <laughs> news. <laughs> what? You're supposed to be the PC commissioner. <laughs> Come on. So hey, we post it's nudes. allowed. You can post nudes on Twitter. That's totally fine. I'm not doing it. Well, I'm just saying it's, it's within the rules. It's very PC, actually. For the nipple. Exactly. <laughs> so you can follow Don at Why So Serious. You can follow me at HillierFF. You can follow Scott at WagsFF. And, of course, we're RutsFF everywhere social media is found. Um, we're still doing the five-star review deal. You guys want to go on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and uh, ask us a fantasy football-related question. We will get to it, and we will answer it. I would say before we do our actual drafts because oh, yeah. that's going to be that big draft weekend. So we're yep. we're going to do that this August and uh, so this month, and uh, that's that's going to do it for me. Yeah, inching closer and closer to draft season, guys. The first game of the NFL season is exactly one month away. Whew. Keep scoring. Hey,